1: Friday morning here on 610 Sports Radio coming up in about 17 minutes. We'll talk to Nick Schwert of Waving the Wheat right. podcast while he is on Waving the Wheat and talking a little bit about the latest on Bill Self. Uh, Specter's going to run to the coffee shop and see if he can get back before the segment ends. And so we'll see if that's possible to run up to the scooters and get himself a cup of Joe and get back in time to see if the segment ends. So we've got uh, we got Specter trying to handle that coming up at about 920 here on 610 Sports Radio the Trailer Park Queen is in studio. We'll get to her new song or new hit song here in a moment. But a couple of things from the NFL. Adam Thielen was officially released by the Vikings today, and I'm sure Chiefs fans are going to want Adam Thielen. Isn't he, like, 90
2: now? Isn't he, like, fairly old? He's 32 and had 1,000 yards and... I don't know how long it's been. It's been a minute since he got it. What? Uh, since 2018.
1: 2018. So it's been a while. Five seasons. It's been yeah. five yeah. years be, since you know, fifth year. But so it's, uh,
2: 716, 726, 925, and 418 when he's been hurt. But what do you really
1: Two yards short. Are you
2: in you on. You can get. No. You no. can get a, a Adam Thielen in the draft. You, you can, can get you know what? Justin Watson's better than Adam Thielen. I think faster right? version. Yeah, yeah
1: faster game. version of Adam Thielen. Specter, what do you think? Adam Thielen? Out. yes Out. out. Okay, okay, there you go. Done. So Adam Thielen out for us here in uh, in Kansas. Yeah, 32, out. 33-year-old wide receiver. Every time it can be a, Justin
2: Watson over Thielen,
1: yeah. But every time a wide receiver comes up in conversation, I always say they didn't pay the greatest wide receiver in franchise history. They let him go. Yeah. Okay, so that tells you kind of their mo right now. So yeah, the it's same the thing that goes, Smith
2: from the Vikings, maybe, maybe, <laughs>
1: yes. But but you, you you've got a situation with you know um, DeAndre Hopkins as well, and and I've been telling people for two weeks what I've been told is that it's too expensive. And I, I also look at it like this, Jay. I, I look at what Brett Veach has done in the draft, and I go our value of draft picks is more than any other team, right? And why do I want to give up something that's so valuable to go out and get an aging wide receiver who's mad at the world and wants a new contract and doesn't like this and doesn't like that or was cut by this guy? Like, I'm not interested in going out and getting somebody else's, you know, player. They're building
2: like the Packers did. They didn't go out and get free agents. They built it in-house, and 21 of the last 22 draft picks are on the roster, all except Bo Pete Keys, one Wonderful. of those guys on the practice squad and Cornell Powell, but, the, but still with the Chiefs. Yeah. 21-22, that is insanity except for Bo Peavy.
1: It's crazy. It's a huge number to see something like that. And so that's why I think, you know what? The way that Brett Veach drafts, I don't want to give up any round draft picks. I mean, people could say, oh, I heard some folks yesterday on, on some NFL show I was listening to, whatever it was, I can't remember now. Um, they were talking about, well, it's only a seventh round draft pick. And I'm thinking, oh, the Chiefs got like two legit players in the seventh round. Maybe for the Jets, it's only a seventh round draft pick. Or for the Bears, it's only a seventh round draft pick. But for Brett Veach, man, that's collateral in the bank, that's a big, big, big swath right there. That I don't know that I want to give up. I'd rather have Brett Veach go out there and draft somebody in the seventh round than give up a seventh round pick to get the Andre Hopkins, who's broken down in somebody else's guy.
2: Yeah, Pacheco. Everybody likes Pacheco. Don't forget seventh rounder. You know, what that's saying? what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. like Jalen Watson. Jalen
1: Watsons. I mean, if, without Jalen Watson,
2: probably don't beat the Chargers. Two picks in the postseason.
1: He was good, man. He was so good in the postseason That's what 7th rounders do. Yeah, that's, that's what it's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a glorified
2: undrafted free agent that you're throwing a pick at, and your guarantee comes to your team than fighting with the, over the other teams.
1: I heard Tiki Barber say yesterday on his show that – You know anything after the fourth round you're just throwing darts and it's not that big a deal the second third and fourth round is where you make your money I'm like not in Kansas City my friend not in Kansas City we make every draft pick worthwhile in Kansas City and so when you're thinking about like we got to give up draft picks for this guy or for that guy think to yourself Brett Feach is really good at the draft do I want him doing that for me the answer is no um. All right, Lurleen, the Trailer Park Queen. It is a Friday. I see you looking at your flip phone over there, and, and you know enjoying the uh, the the service that you're getting from uh, one bar. How you doing, my friend? You good?
3: <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good.
1: Yeah. All I'm right. Good. So what do we got going on at the uh, the the Sweet Lakes Motor Lodge this week?
3: <laughs> it's the Rancho Verde Trailer. Cole. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Although I am thinking about expanding. You know. Oh, you are. There's always a chance for an additional franchise. Triple-wide? <laughs> you know, yeah. Start small and then work your way up.
1: But I told you when I went to my uncle's funeral a couple of months ago in North Carolina, I saw two-story double wides.
3: Oh yeah, them is fancy. Ooh, yeah, that, that's
1: a, that's a big deal. Do you guys have any of those coming to the lot yet?
3: Well, we don't, uh, not yet. Everybody's super paranoid about the New Madrid fault.
1: Uh huh. You know, right.
3: So- they're not as structurally sound as one might suggest. The insurance
1: companies still aren't insuring those things, well, are they? no. You yeah, know, we did a
3: deal with a fracking company, and so now everything shakes all the time.
1: Yeah, I know. I understand. So <laughs> what? Do we, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was.
3: I was just going to say, as they say, if the trailer is rocking,
1: don't come and knocking yeah. What do we <laughs> exactly. got today? What kind of uh, what kind of song did you write for us today?
3: Well, you know, I figured I'd I'd uh, bring the mood down a little bit and do a little blues song because all all this talk about people being in darkness retreats and whatnot.
1: Right. <laughs> Have you ever been in a darkness retreat just when you didn't pay your electric bill over there at the trailer court.
3: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. It was probably more like a timeout than a retreat. Uh-huh. When
1: the twister came through.
3: <laughs> exactly. exactly.
1: All right. Let's, uh, let's see what you got going for us. Huh? Alrighty.
3: My name is Lorraine. I'm a trailer car queen. I got a big hairdo and a polyester sheen. I run the Rancho Verde trailer court. That means Ranch of Green. And I got a passel of rotten kids, the meanest you ever seen. Cause baby, I'm white trash. And my name is Lurla Haynes. And if y'all mess with my men or my children Well, you'll see this here trailer, babe, get in. Got a job at the Circle K And it fills me with pride Got a extra long trailer It's a double wide Got ugly plaid furniture In all the rooms inside and if y'all wanna come visit me, it sure won't be tonight Cause baby, I'm I try trash And my name is Larla Hayne Y'all wanna come in and set a spell? I'll show you the best dang time you ever hey. Now, if you're looking for my steady man, you know he can't be found. Because I can't see just one guy. I like to date around. But I don't care for infidelity. Upon that, I do frown. But go ahead and call me when the wife is out of town. Because, baby, I'm why I try. my and if y'all men folk all come sniffing around well you know that i sure ain't the one to blame coming up on the big finish now here so thank you 610 sports radio i hope you like my song i'm here for entertainment i wouldn't steer you wrong Got lots of talent coming up I tell you this show is packed And won't you please tell all your friends That Lurleen sure is stacked Cause baby I'm white trash And Lurleen is my high. So won't you let me entertain you Won't you let me be your trailer called Quiet? Oh, Give it Lurley. up for Lurleen.
1: Very nicely yeah, done. Friday, From the Friday's text day. line, Monday. Melissa Etheridge sounds better than usual. I agree. <laughs> I agree. That's why we don't allow Melissa Etheridge to, uh, to sing songs. Very nicely done. So how can people get in touch with you if they would like you to uh, rent them a trailer park?
3: Well, I got, a, I got a, a sign, a billboard up, you know, on your way down to the Ozarks. That, that sign that says... Uh, Walnut Bowl's this exit. The turnoff for the Rancho Verde is right behind that sign, mm-hmm. and just just follow on in there and get on up to the uh, admissions hut.
1: You brewing any moonshine this weekend, Lurleen?
3: Uh, allegedly, no. We are not. In case any of our friends in the law enforcement community are listening, mm-hmm. that's Very not a, that's not a function in which we participate every weekend or have contests for flavoring or. Um, you know, sit around and get drunk and light stuff on fire.
1: Very good. Lurleen, have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe, my dear.
3: And also with you, my friends. <laughs> Thanks,
1: Lurleen. <laughs> That's Lurleen, the Trailer Park Queen. Coming up, we'll talk to Nick Schwartz, host of Waving the Wheat Podcast. He is going to give us an update on Bill Self next.
3: You're listening to Fesco in the Morning, running 13 years strong.
2: Everybody's asking this is a dynasty. It's been a dynasty. Y'all just ain't no
3: now. Brought to you by Rayner Garage Doors of Kansas City, LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RaynerKC.com.
1: To attempt something that's never been attempted before here on 610 Sports Radio, we're going to start the segment. Steven's going to leave and get coffee and come back before the segment's over. You got to turn on your microphone, Nick Short. Very I, hard. I get I so much crap for that. Yeah, yeah, you do it. there
4: you go. Well, I thought my there producer would give me crap. For it. Oh, I thought my pr- my producer would do it. No,
1: he's he's too busy getting ready to make this coffee. How far away
4: is it? You don't have to name the
1: place. How far scooters he to... right across the street. Right Large okay. mocha blended with whipped cream. All right, right there.
4: But he's got to get. He's got to go around. You the you think he can do it? In, do you think he can do it in ten yeah, but minutes? it's right turns. In ten minutes? No. I went. I tried to go. I tried to time myself to go to the Hy-Vee gas station over here. Mm-hmm. It took me fifteen minutes to get there and back, and that's not even. That's not even yeah. as far as it is to get to. Scooters. I, did, but I disagree. No there's lines. a lot of navigating One stop,
1: stop signs and stuff over on this way. You're True. getting right on the highway here, or he's whatever it is. He's going have to wait is. in line though. I don't know, man. He drops names every or order on the app. You're ready to go. So what right? happens if he doesn't get back Well, in then we just continue to fanned? talk. Yeah, okay. we just continue to talk. And so, all, all right, right Stephen, are you ready? On your mark. Get set. <laughs> Did he already leave? He already Oh, he already <laughs> left. <laughs> he left it set. He's oh, on the car. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he really did leave. Good for him. Really All right, good. so Nick schwartz that's the other voice you hear. Jay Binkley's the other voice you hear. Character I'm the other voice you podcast. Hear. Two of the three. Yeah, that's wow. right. Two
4: of the three on the Character two Concerns podcast. So, so um, Bob, I owe you an apology. Why is that? Because I know, at least I had heard that the original plan was that Bink was going to unveil Mock Draft 1.0 uh-huh. on this program today. Right? But I'm a
2: loyal beast. No, and he i did not unveil him. it. I stole yeah.
4: it from him. I stole it from you guys so that we could Well, you guys it. know
1: what it's like getting ideas stolen by uh, Carrington, dude, I so know. No, so, yeah. just—it's going around right now. You bought shares. Yes,
4: yeah. yes, I did. So I, I thank you, Bink, for letting me be involved with that mock well, draft. I'm excited, right?
1: So, um, so you guys are going to do the mock draft to get. Just let Binkley do it, man. I'm going to tell you right now. Let him do all the work. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, I realize we may have a fighting chance if I can just, depending on who Bink wants to go with in round one. You Whoever know, he stubborn... goes with, go no. Yeah, he's oh. a stubborn fella, but there's two of us. I think he could probably still fight us both off, but at least we'll have somewhat of a I'll chance. I'll just go do my own again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's like all right, screw you guys.
1: Just screw you guys and going home. <laughs> so, um, all right. Let's uh let's get to the uh to the crux of things. Obviously a scary situation around KU yesterday. What's the latest you're hearing on um on Bill Self? You know, the, I'm I'm hearing what I'm hearing what everybody else is hearing. I'm hearing what, you know, is
4: is happening uh at least based off what the University of Kansas hospital is releasing and what KU released, which is that he had a standard procedure. Now I know there were rumors kind of flying around. It's one of those weird things where, you know, if a guy on the court or on the field turns an ankle or he does something to his knee, we all sort of hear stuff and we talk about it and you can start to speculate a little bit and it, it doesn't feel dangerous because it's part of I feel like what we get into, it's part of the sport. Right. And that there are going to be injuries, and we're going to try and get to the bottom of it because oftentimes teams aren't going to reveal the full extent of those injuries. Right, This has nothing to do with sports, right? This is just a guy who seemingly is uh, undergoing some sort of medical ailment. So I've just felt like it's very strange, the desire to speculate. I know we're all speculative Beasts, but mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't. I don't see the appeal of trying to figure out what's going on with this guy. I hope he's okay. The fact that he had to stay in the hospital tells me it was at least somewhat significant. To the extent of which I, I don't know, but uh, I hope he's okay. I think it's obviously uh, a horrible timing. I mean, it's never a good time, but when right. you're coming down the home stretch of the season, this is when you kind of, you know, feel the pressure the most and the games are heightened to a point where they, they feel like they're magnified a bit and you're doing it without your head coach. So I just hope he gets better and and hope the team's okay too. Don't yeah. worry
2: about being first. Be
1: right. Yeah. That's the other thing. I don't understand why everybody wants to rush to, to do this. I don't know. I don't know. Like What's what, the game? What, what What exactly? What, what are you gaining by this? By, by speculating on somebody's health? I think it's irresponsible. So there was the report yesterday. Yeah. I mean, the rumors that were going, people were saying, Oh, it was a heart attack,
4: even though there'd been absolutely no confirmation that he'd had a heart attack. And in fact, the report from the University of Kansas Hospital—they they said that this is not a heart attack, despite what media had reported. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the gain at the end of it if you got it right? Like people are going to come back and say Bill Self suffered a heart attack and Joe Schmo had it first. Yeah, well, right. so right. much of
2: that on here. Just, uh, wait till Friday. Well, it's agency. Twitter clout? I mean, wait, wait till that's till what it 13. is. Wait till Sunday or Monday. And you'll by see, the way, what the... got it first? Got it right. We used to have a saying in my old uh, Heavyset uh, show: We don't break news, we just break chairs. And you've broken a lot around here. That's like, why we have to
1: constantly get new what's ones. The,
4: what's the monetary value of Twitter clout? Can you cash that in no. at
1: any point? No, not at all. It's sad. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it really it's is. At the end of the day, it, it's very, very sad. I don't think it's worth that much. So for, for KU now, the expectation is obviously to win this Big 12 championship, get to Selection Sunday, become one of the number one overall seeds, get stationed here in Kansas City. Can they repeat? Do you think this is a team that's good enough to run it back-to-back? Because we haven't seen a back-to-back champion in a very long time in college you basketball.
4: know, my gut tells me no, but then I look around the rest of college basketball and I say, who's the big bad wolf I'm supposed to be afraid of? Who is the team that, that I couldn't possibly see Kansas overcoming? Right. I think their margin for error is pretty thin. They play five guys. So you can't afford to have two of those guys have an off night on the same night of your season's over. Kevin McCuller is obviously hamstrung right now. Isn't he pitching for the Astros? I think you're thinking of Lance. Oh. I think you're thinking of Lance, the older brother, or maybe a second cousin. Once removed, or when you when you have a thin bench, Kansas is 361st in the country in bench minutes. That and just re- tells
1: you there's too many Division One basketball well, teams. Well, yeah, probably
4: that too, and the fact that they're still able to, you know, maintain the status as a top five team in the country tells you everything you need to know about them. Mm-hmm. But I think their margin for error is just pretty thin. But I, I will say one thing about them is. I think this time of year, the one thing I always look for, people say, oh, you want guard play, right? You want, you want somebody who does this. You want a team that can shoot. I want a team that knows who they are. I don't care how you play. I want a team that has five guys who all know their role. And so often you get to this point in the year and they're still trying to figure it out. How do I fit in? What's my role on this team? What am I supposed to do when I'm coming in? They got five guys who are all going to play the lion's share of the minutes, and they all know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Will they execute it for four games to get to the final four? I have my doubts, but I think there is some confidence in just knowing this is what we are. This is what we're going to battle with. If it's good enough, great. If not, we don't have a second pitch. So
1: this is it. Well, I was going to ask you who who's legit can stop KU right now because like the Alabama thing and all the nonsense that's going on down there. I'm out on Alabama. I don't know about Houston being a mid major. Like you look at their resume, they beat Temple. Woo! Um, so like, who is like legitimately in the way of preventing Kansas from being the, the champs again?
4: It's, I don't want to sound corny and cliche, but I'm going to do it. They're, they're, their biggest opponent uh, themselves, themselves. Uh, is themselves. There man. you go. It is. I mean, you got to think about it like this. Your second best player is a 19-year-old kid who was invisible down in Austin when Candace really could have used. I mean, he's your second leading scorer, and there are stretches of the game where he is invisible. And, and see,
1: that's that's an interesting point, though, because people do forget at times, all of us included, You're 19 years old, (laughs) you know, like we look at these guys as like seasoned veterans, you know,
4: he's a kid. And if you fast forward 12 months and he were here again, which he's not going to be, where's he going to go? he will go to the NBA. He'll be a lottery pick six, eight. He can shoot that'll play. And I think if you fast forward 12 months, he might be one of the top five players in the country, but there's just, there's stuff that you have to learn by going through it that he hasn't learned. And when you're counting on him to be one of your leaders offensively. When it's going, it's going great. First time they played Texas, he went for what twenty-one points, hit seven threes, whatever it was, six threes. He's really, really good. But there are there are some things like that when you saw, when you saw that last Saturday down in Austin, you go, okay, well, hope that doesn't happen in March because if it does, you're going home.
1: No, wasn't last week March?
4: Hope it doesn't happen in the tournament. Oh, okay. okay All right. I see what you're
1: saying. I, um, I saw Linardi's recent bracketology, and he has Kansas as the one seed. Joey Brackets. Right, and playing some 16 seed you never heard of, doesn't matter, in Des Moines. But the 8-9 game features Missouri and Memphis. Ooh. What would Des Moines be like if it's KU versus MU? And, and, and as a KU guy, mm-hmm. do you want to play Missouri in Hell the tournament? Yeah, why not? Okay. When they were doing the whole,
4: the whole Liberty Bowl, Elijah Drinkowitz is ducking, Lance pulled, Mizzou's ducking, KU stuff. If I'm going to be consistent, I'm going to be consistent. If I wanted those two teams to play, my whole line of thought was, if we're going to talk about how this is one of the greatest rivalries in the history of college sports, then stop putting caveats on it. Stop telling me why they can't play because there's a basketball game the same day and they don't want to take attention away from it. Mm-hmm. Stop telling me that, oh, well, there's nothing to gain by playing them. I've always hated that. It is a rivalry. I don't care where it is. I don't care what the setting is. I want to see these two teams, these two schools, face off as many times as possible. If that's your excuse for Kansas, I'll speak now on the Kansas side of things because I was really critical about Missouri and football. If you're Kansas, you're a one seed. You're a one seed. If you're worried about getting past Mizzou, then you have bigger issues. Then you're not going to win the national championship anyway. So I get it. These eight, nine matchups can kind of get you puckered up a little bit in the second round, but that's the beauty of March, man. So I think I, it would be a lot of fun, I though, for the right to
1: get to Kansas City, Kansas, and Missouri. And It'd be great. Way, and you
4: and you've talked about this a lot, and I think for college sports, the only thing we're in on is the fun aspect, because right. The level of play is not what it is Did you see West sports. Virginia attempt
1: to shoot basketballs right. yesterday? So,
4: so if we are just all in on fun, then give me the fun stuff. Yep. I want the fun matchups. Yep. It doesn't get any better than ku Mizzou. It, it
1: really doesn't. I mean, it would be off the charts here. I mean, it would be the most probably watched college basketball game in the history oh, it'd of awesome. town, right? It would it'd be, be awesome. I'm not saying nationally. I'm talking about here in Kansas City. Everybody would be paying and, attention and to that game.
4: I would imagine both fan bases would travel pretty well to Des Moines, which is a great... It's
1: a great first-round site. Absolutely. Have you ever Des Moines before? I have. Yeah, it's I have. fun, it's great. right? Little, yeah. little,
2: yeah. little town. Great Fong's, Fong's, pizza, Fong's Pizza, Pizza, man? numerous oh, times, yeah. Oh, the Crab Rangoon goo. Yeah, oh, you and I oh had Fong's God. Pizza up you, there. You yeah. went to Des Moines with me? Yeah, I know. Remember we went together. bridges we were on when, yeah. you, when you asked those people? You said you're big Bridge fans, huh? Remember? yeah. yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> got a lot of bridges in Des Moines. Fesco went Fesco because these people are on a bridge. He's like, ah, oh, you're the end of these.
1: Fun, fun town, though. It, it is really is. It's town. a great place to go. If Kansas or Missouri or Kansas State gets sent up there, and you have the opportunity to go. I would absolutely go to Des
2: Moines. <laughs> who um, created brackets? Or what? Yeah, who invented the bracket? Who invented brackets? Like, Joe Linardi's bracket but who invented the bracket? The actual bracket. Well, I, mean, I, I was know. told Fog Allen did. Well, I maybe.
4: The brackets have been around since like the 60s, right?
1: No, earlier than that. Somebody
4: had to create it. Like the shape of a bracket? Well, the brackets have been Or the usage, in other events, the implement of brackets in college basketball. For college gambling. Basketball. Because I maintain Probably without the bracket, too.
1: That's how the NCAA tournament got popular, was the bracket.
4: Yeah. Well, back when UCLA was playing in it, there were only like 16 teams. Right.
1: And everybody wants to talk about Woodney won 10 championships. Yeah, it was easier back then. You you the various is win your you
2: Retro-damus coined the term. Breckett.
1: Yeah. What country? Greek?
2: Greece? Breckett's been around, but not basketball.
1: So I'll I'll leave you with this. I believe right now with where college basketball is, and and come back full circle to Bill self, he is now officially the face of college basketball, the most prominent and most important coach in college basketball right now. No question. I think him it's and Izzo.
4: So weird seeing this sort of mass exodus over the last couple of years. Oh, no, they, these guys
1: don't want to deal with the NILs. They were doing NILs all by themselves, and now everybody can pay players. The only so. one
4: that was surprising was Jay Wright.
1: Jay Wright, right. because
4: Jay Wright had Jay Wright had been around forever. He was a well-respected name. He had had a lot of success at Villanova, but then all of a sudden, two championships in three years takes you to another stratosphere. And I was like, wow, man, now all of a sudden guys are passing Bill Self? This is kind of strange. And who knows how we'd be talking about Jay Wright if he were still doing it instead of doing TV work. But now Bill Self is in this sort of category by himself, and we sort of wondered, okay, Calipari's experiencing, not just this year, but over the past five years, a bit of a downturn in success, at least relative to what they were doing at the beginning of this decade. So I wonder now, like, it's so weird because we've always had these conversations b- when I was in Lawrence about, well, if Bill Self retired tomorrow, who would you call? And mm-hmm. they always felt a little silly. Like, he's not retiring tomorrow. So, and yeah, all those but names, eventually by the way, he will. but all those names that we mentioned, by the way,
1: are all losers.
4: They're all losers now. Yeah. So I'm
2: like, thank God. Look at guys like Tom Brady. They leave they, they, mean it. they mean it when they leave. They mean it? Yeah, because they only they stay retired.
4: Right, Exactly. So I don't know now. All of a sudden, those questions seem a little bit more legitimate. Right? As to who would
1: you call? Who Who would you call? And I'm not going to ask you who you would call, but I'm asking you: When Bill Self and Tom Izzo both step away, who is the face of college basketball? Who's Who's in that next category? Nate Oats. Hey, you got. You got to earn that time. I don't know who Nate Oates is. Um, so Roll you, tide. there is no
4: there is no answer the, to your question. W-
1: that's what I'm saying. College basketball forever for our lifetime, Nick. Right? We're not that old, but for our lifetime, it's always been about the coaches. You know, yes. they finally kick because they're the
4: mainstays. Yeah, they're the ones who are there year in and year out. Year in out and year out, out when all these players
1: change. are going, but you always knew the coaches. Kay's gone. Roy's yeah. gone. Beheim got you know kicked away the other day. You know, not that Patrick Ewing was a good coach, but he at least a name, somebody you knew. Bill Self and Tom Izzo are it. Maybe the guy at Gonzaga, Mark Few, but I still don't think he's
4: well. He's well just known playing enough. at nine o'clock on on Thursdays. Yeah, so who's right. watching him? That's
1: why. So where does college basketball go for a league for a, a sport that has been dominated and, and lived and died with its great coaches? Where are we headed in this sport right now? Well, I think now? it goes
4: back to the beginning of this conversation, which is all of these guys leaving because they don't want to deal with. NIL and another term that gets thrown around when people talk about NIL is this player empowerment movement. And we see it in professional sports as well with mm-hmm. players being able to sort of request a trade and get to pick their the, the places that they're willing to go play or be traded to. And I do wonder if we are to fast forward five years from now, if we're not looking at a sport that looks even completely different than the one we're watching right now. Are we going to be looking at a sport in 5 years where guys like Grady Dick are willing to stick around for a second year because the enticements of sticking around, they can make as much money or enough money to stay competitive in college with NIL and mm-hmm. and stuff like that than they would if they're to go be the 17th pick in the draft. What's
1: coming up on Cody and Gump today?
4: Uh well, we're going to talk about um we're going to talk to Nate Taylor about the piece that he wrote yesterday about kind of the breakdown between the two sides of the Chiefs, Orlando Brown Jr., just saying, let's rip the Band-Aid off, right? Let's rip this Band-Aid off. Let's move on and find a long-term solution at left tackle, whether it's you or someone else. Uh, We'll talk to CJ Moore of The Athletic about everything going on at the Big 12 tournament, specifically KU and Bill Self. And I believe we will be joined by the red-hot Michael Massey after Ooh, that grand slam nice. tonight, mm. three home runs in his last four games, I
1: believe. Very nice, very nicely done. Out of here. I am back well, by know, the we way. Got, we got, we got a, di- a diverse selection today. Very good. Where's my coffee? I only got myself one. So selfish. Taking away, shouted out, and gets his own coffee and nothing. Didn't even offer. Thanks, not, not a coffee guy. Guy. This is why the text line
4: hey, doesn't one, have like two more you. Two minutes to spare.
2: Tournament or uh, NFL free agency starting Monday.
4: Starting Monday, come on! It's tampering. Yeah, it'll be I, NFL tampering. It'll, it'll be, be NFL. NFL
2: will dominate. will the headlines NFL. on Monday. Well, we get well. If college basketball gets Sunday. You've been talk about the brackets early, and then Thursday and Friday. You're going to hit the crossroads because you're going to have an hour of show. No, to I talk about whatever. Then free agency. Boat, I, will split my t-
4: I will split my time evenly. On Thursday and Friday, it's basketball time. So don't be don't be sending me any updated mocks on Thursday and Friday. But the league year starting the fifteenth on <laughs> no, Wednesday. Like you can have you can have the next Monday. The weekend is for college basketball. Come on, it's the I best weekend think that's of the year. True, Nick. Best weekend of the year, Bob. First
1: the first, round week of
4: the, of, first weekend of the NCAA tournament.
1: Divisional it's hard round. Hard to beat. It's hard to beat. It's
4: hard to it's beat. Hard yeah. to beat because it's it's, it's, it's round. unbelievable. It's
1: all like there for you. Like the divisional rounds, four games. This is like 85 games it's and amazing. you're there from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Yeah, it's pretty good. Everybody sits at bars and gets watch it. <laughs> Reruns. coming up here on 610 Sports Radio. This one team is done. We'll tell you who it is next.
3: Let's go in the morning. Brought to you by Raynor Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at raynorkc.com.
2: 610 Sports Radio.
1: All right, we're back at it on a Friday morning here on 610 Sports Radio. We're receiving word today that Otis Taylor has passed away. Um, The uh, former Chiefs wide receiver, guy that probably should be in the Hall of Fame, passed away yesterday at his home, surrounded by his family, we're being told. So uh, send all your prayers uh, to, uh, to Otis Taylor's family today. It's sad. 80 years old, and every year the Hall of Fame vote comes around, Jay, you're more of a... Historian on this kind of stuff than I am. People talk about Otis Taylor and him being in the Hall of Fame, obviously in the Chiefs Ring of Honor. But he was a Prairie A and M guy, man. He was a, he was drafted by the uh, by the Chiefs in, in the old AFL back in the day. Uh, won Super Bowl four here with Kansas City. Played a decade with this Kansas City Chiefs franchise. Two-time AFL champion, AFL MVP in the championship game. I mean, this guy is an all-time great and is somebody who had over 7,000 yards and 57 touchdowns in an era uh, where um, passing wasn't exactly, you know, top of mind for a lot of folks back yeah, in the day. Yeah, you have to kind you of you, with
2: a grain of salt and you can't really look at the numbers because when you look at them like Terry Bradshaw or we, when you look at these these numbers passing, it's a different league. Right. It's a completely different league when Otis Taylor played. He was just the most dominant person at the time. Big, physical wide receiver, played over 6'3", um, was that presence for the Chiefs and – Interesting guy, directed by the NFL and AFL right. back when guys were taking them both. So, mm-hmm. um, credible player with the Chiefs and uh, a, a Chiefs legend. But again, take it with a grain of salt because it's just a different era when he played.
1: Well, and I and I also think too there are like two two major like uh, instances incidences you could say with. Um, um, Otis Taylor that kind of stand out, which are number one, the Ben Davidson incident, which really spawned the rivalry. And you've, you've talked which about Ben Davidson for years on this show. Uh, he got into a Ben Davidson after Ben Davidson, you know, speared Len Dawson yep. and kind of got the rivalry going for those who don't know it was back moment. in the day. That was the moment that put the, the Raider Chiefs rivalry on the map. And then, top
2: five chief moment of all time?
1: Yeah, probably. Probably. And then you're, well, I don't know. Mahomes has had so many well, no, right no, now. I'm right? just
2: saying as far as significance of this franchise, because that did create your ultimate rival was that one play. Right. And
1: then the Jack Del Rio incident. And there's a <laughs> lot of people who don't know the Jack Del Rio incident, but this was a famous incident. You can even, I want to even say see pictures or videos still of this online today. Yeah, it was
2: during the strike. Right during the strike, and Jack Del Rio, one of the players there, was <laughs>
1: playing for the Chiefs at the time, yeah,
2: went after what Otis Taylor and the guys were reminding him, hey, that's Otis Taylor. Yeah, <laughs> he he thought hey, it I was a replacement that. player. No, it's Otis.
1: No, hey, yeah, yeah. he thought it was a replacement yeah. player, and it was Otis Taylor walking yeah. into the facility and tried to attack him, and yeah. you know, Jack Del Rio had himself a day that time. So sad news today, one of the greats in Chiefs history, you know, passing away, and you know, a guy that should have already been in the Hall of Fame. you think of the
2: you know. Chiefs as the greatest receiver of all time, I mean, obviously Tyreek Hill's going to get a lot of that consideration. Yeah, Tyreek is, it's, yeah. It's, it's 1A and 1B, mm-hmm. I mean, as far as – because that's not been a position like linebacker with the Chiefs right. or like running back with the Chiefs that has been a dominant position. It's not at all been that, but it's been Otis Taylor you think about.
1: Yeah, so – um one thing that I want to get your take on because your football knowledge is second to none. And by the way, I love that Royal shirt you're wearing. I've been meaning to say it all morning long. That's a great Royal shirt. Is that new?
2: Yeah, it's new. Okay.
1: I love it. Where'd you get it?
2: It's new money stuff. Okay. I don't, yeah. I don't remember. I mean,
1: it's, it looks, it looks retro and I love it. So good shirt out of you. Um, yeah. I them when they're bad, you know? I don't know if I'm alone on this, and I don't really care if I'm alone on this. I think I'm ahead of the game on this one, and, and I'm going to stand on this one. I think the Buffalo Bills window has closed, and and the reason I say that is because they have not been able to get over this proverbial hump that they're on. Stephon Diggs was on The Shop yesterday, the podcast, complaining about the way the team executes when it matters, and was complaining about stuff like that. When you start to see those kind of cracks in the foundation, that tells me your reign is over and if the jets go out and get um Aaron Rodgers I believe that's a better roster than than what the buffalo bills have in fact I said it the other day if buffalo really wants to keep this thing moving in the right direction they should find a way to go out there and and as much as I don't pay running backs I'd give up the two first round picks to have you know, Saquon Barkley, because I think he fits them well. And I think that could be something that they could use to give them another weapon that they so severely need right now. But anyway, you've got Jordan Poyer who wants to leave because the state takes too much of his money and he's going to be, you know, headed out the door here. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds is probably going to leave in free agency. Their defensive coordinator took a year off. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just kind of looking at what's going on up in Buffalo right now. And I just feel like the demise of the Buffalo Bills is here. And I think that window's closing. I don't think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with, if you will. I think Cincinnati is that team. And I think Cincinnati has a hell of a lot more staying power right now than the Buffalo Bills do.
2: I I think Buffalo will stay relevant as long as Josh Allen's there. I I truly believe in the quarterback and you put the pieces around him. I do think Josh Allen, yeah, when when it showed up the most, he's not played well, or when he's fumbling against the Minnesota Vikings and fumbling the game away, essentially he lost that game for him. Mm -hmm. But I I do believe in Josh Allen and what he can do. But yeah, when you're losing Poyer and Edmonds, probably on that, on that team, you got to strike in that window, man. That's what people don't understand about the chiefs. They've been able to extend the window, right? You know, five straight AFC top. This is not supposed to happen in today's modern day. Well, I think about it when Chiefs this
1: when this run started with the Chiefs, okay? Let's go back five years. Who were the rivals? It was New England. It was Pittsburgh. It was probably Houston and Baltimore, right? Then, you know, Pittsburgh fell off. New England obviously went their separate ways. And then it was like, oh, my gosh, Baltimore, Houston, and Kansas City are going to be the three premier teams. Then all of a sudden, Tennessee got into the mix. Houston had a, you know, a, a creepy quarterback. He's gone. They're a demise the team right now. Baltimore, who knows what's going on with them. And now it's Cincinnati and Buffalo. That are kind of up there as the rivals in the AFC. The rivals have turned over so much. I mean, we've had like seven different, this is the next rival. In the last five years hey, Maybe with the it's going to be Jacksonville.
2: And, and, and be that's kind of where I'm thinking.
1: I think Buffalo falls off, and Cincinnati and Jacksonville are the two teams we're talking about for the but next again, couple of years. What's
2: going to happen when you pay your quarterback? Buffalo has done that. Now, what, what's going to happen with Cincinnati? Can you maintain it once you've paid your guy? Right. Baltimore's going to be going through it here now. What are you going to do with paying your quarterback and how good a team are you going to have? Because then talk. Right. Then do your talking then. Can you back it up? The Chiefs have been able to back it up. Mm-hmm. You talk to the talk they walk to the walk.
1: Right, cuz I still think the next best quarterback in this league right now behind Patrick Mahomes is not Josh Allen. It is Joe Burrow. I
2: think it's Burrow too.
1: I think it's Joe Burrow and and I'm not ready to put Trevor Lawrence quite up there yet. He had a really nice season and look, Doug Peterson. Talk about people sleeping on that guy as a head coach, right? What a great job he's done at two different spots now. He basically did to Jacksonville what Andy Reid did to Kansas City. He came in and took over a dumpster fire in Jacksonville and in one year had him in the playoffs.
2: Unreal roster they've built up now. Right? Unreal offense they've got at this point. Trevor Lawrence taking those next steps. Who
1: knew Evan Ingram would be a franchise player a year ago? They franchise tagged Evan Ingram, a guy that, that was no good for the Giants. They just kind of let him go and now he's the franchise player down there in well, Jacksonville. The, the Jets
2: realized with Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson, all these guys, we got to start winning now. Yeah. Because then you're going to have to pay these guys. So you got to win before you start to pay and write the checks. Right. You absolutely have to do that.
1: And so we'll see what happens. And that's why you're Looking at this as like an important offseason for the Chiefs. I, mean, I
2: look at it as a completely um, important offseason. Not that it wasn't the first time they, they win the Super well, the second time, but 2019 uh, when they win the Super Bowl to maintain a repeat because it is tough to stay on top. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look at these teams like you're talking about the Buffalo Bills. This is a team that was Super Bowl favorite last yeah. year in the Buffalo Bills. And two years ago, they were considered the best team in the NFL when they beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. Life comes at you fast, man. But The Chiefs have been able to, to hold off everybody. But the fact they're sitting on the top of the mountain the fact they are the team that the people are shooting for, and the Chiefs don't have that team. They don't have the Patriots anymore. They don't have the Steelers anymore. They say, we got to beat them. we got to find a way to construct a roster to beat this group. We need the coaching staff. We need to be able to beat this group. They're at the top of the food chain. Yeah. Like, it is tough. Everybody else is trying to climb that mountain. They're not. That's why it's such a tough offseason. And the Chiefs have been able to do it. They've been able to do it by paying their quarterback more against the cap than any Super Bowl winning quarterback in the NFL history. In the 17% they pay Patrick Mahomes. They did it with seven-round picks, like Jalen Watson getting a couple picks in the postseason. Isaiah Pacheco doing what he did. Another seventh-round pick. Having four uh, defensive backs playing the Super Bowl that were rookies. 21 of your last 22 guys, still a member of the Kansas City Chiefs in the last three drafts. That is unheard of. That's insane. NFL GMs throw darts all the time. Chiefs do it for reasons.
1: Yeah, the Chiefs do it and they hit though too, and and that's the thing, and that's why I think you know and coaching you you, you talk about yeah, coaching is huge, obviously, but th- this off being important for this team, you have another draft. Like if, if he goes three for three in the last three years of drafts, I mean, you're really setting up this organization to be a mainstay for a long time to come. People are looking at this draft right now. I could imagine another city's going. God, I hope Red Beach falls flat on his face in and, the swings fact, and he misses. They hit
2: it during the pandemic. Yeah, the toughest draft in well, the history of the NFL. It was a tough draft, but combined. they
1: did it the right way though. Yeah, Josh they, get, they, they got
2: proven players.
1: Yeah, they, 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 they're well, Isaiah Pacheco is, is the pandemic kid. I mean, that's the kid who got fell through the cracks because of the pandemic and the chiefs scouted every single player, at
2: least guys that play non-conference games. Yeah. I mean, like, that's why I like Trevor Lawrence so well, because he was a made man. He already won a national tunnel before the pandemic. Yeah, But then the Trey Lances of the world come out here, uh, and Zach Wilson, they, those are pandemic products. Right. So they played well because they're just playing conference games.
1: Right, and and I don't know if Trey Lance will ever be a quarterback in this league. I don't know if Justin Fields will ever be a good quarterback in this league. Why do people love him? He's 5-20 as a starter and ha- can't throw a pass. I mean, so I I think you're right about that. The pandemic hurt that quarterback class except for Trevor Lawrence, but now Trevor Lawrence has got a great coach in Doug Peterson. I think Jacksonville is definitely on the come. Look for them to be the team that wins that division and owns that division for as long as Doug Peterson is there.
2: And they can take that tarp off the top.
1: And they can take the tarp off the top and not have to play all their and games. stop, playing, in London. stop <laughs> playing their games in London. I mean, seriously, that's that's ultimately what it comes down to. Each week, Billy Coons joins us here on 610 Sports Radio to, I guess, review the week that was. I was going to say preview the week that was. But uh, he is the guy who's going to review the week that was. And it's all brought to you by Jay Southlanto.
5: This is what we learned on Festival Morning for this week on Monday. Bob, Josh, and B-Dub say Travis Kelsey was great hosting Saturday Night Live. His skits were good. He was funny. And his brother, Jason Kelsey, and his family there supporting. And Bob and Josh have a question. Will the Kansas City Chiefs keep Juju Smith-Schuster or McCole Hardman? But they've also already lost uh, Marcus Kemp to the uh, Washington Commanders. On Tuesday, you learned several NFL teams. Will franchise their players today. We also learned the Kansas City Chiefs might be letting go of Frank Clark because of uh, contract negotiation problems. And Clark's won two Super Bowls, and legend Bob says he needs to go somewhere where he can make some more money. But he's also been a big contributor in the two Super Bowl wins. Also, Bob and Josh say, according to Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports, the. Uh, Big 12 was talking to Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah about maybe joining the league eventually. And Iowa Josh was upset that three contestants didn't uh, know sports on Jeopardy, and he called them nerds, and Legend Bob laughed at uh, the uh, comments on the Jeopardy that they didn't know any of the sports questions. On Wednesday, Bob and Josh say North Kansas City could be a perfect uh, position for the uh, Royals new baseball stadium in the Village. But they are exploring four to five different uh, areas in Kansas City. But Legend Bob says that it doesn't matter if they move to Kansas or Missouri or North Kansas City. It's still the Kansas City Royals. And Bob, Josh, and Jed say, what is the worst hire in the Kansas City sports history? And Iowa Josh says it's general manager Scott Pioli. Legend Bob says it's Romeo Cornell. Jed Marshall has former KU head football coach. Les Miles and former athletic director Jeff Long, in my opinion, I have former KU head football coach Turner Gill. On Thursday, it looks like that uh, Syracuse head basketball coach Jim Bayheim is out after 47 years, and head coach Boeheim is a, uh, only won one title. And he was really rude to a reporter who was asking him questions, and he kept saying, "You need to speak to the university legend, Bob." Says he is very rude every time you uh, you hear Jim Bayheim on the radio or TV. And we learn Iowa Josh is very happy that when he goes to the uh, Olathe West uh, to, to coach tennis, that they have a uh, special lane for uh, people to drive on. It's a great week to listen to Spectre, Jed Marshall, P-Dove Iowa Josh, and my hero in America real Legend Bob. Talk to you later.
1: Talk to you later. Yeah, he got it all in there. Josh talked about the new carpool lane that they have in Olay of the West. He really likes that a uh, lot. So um, sad news about the passing of Otis Taylor today. So um, you watching the XFL this weekend?
2: Always uh, XFL, USFL. We need to get a, a partner for the NFL. But you know what? They don't want it because college football is their uh, Well, college po- league. Well, that's their yeah. minor league. They don't yeah, have to pay for insurance. They don't do anything. You just... can't
1: watch any of that yeah. stuff until it's legit. I enjoy real. that stuff. Though. I know you do. You're a big football guy. So it's going to be a big weekend. You were oh, asking. The arena
2: league is going to be in Springfield, Missouri. First city to get a Just game. end the show. It's, okay, we're it's, done. It's time
1: for Cody yeah, and Gold. Yeah, it's time. Cody and Gold Give coming up next year here on 610 respect.
0: Sports Radio.